Blog Talk Radio. Across the land. 
Divided we fall. Divided we fall. United we stand. United we stand. Think about greatness. Think about greatness. Your history. Your history. Without my people. Without my people. Without my people. Come on and get with the folks from Jackson Heights, Illinois, the home of America's first African-American anytime drama. Proud and privileged, the soap opera is going into the filming of its first season, and they want to celebrate with you, Chicago, Hollywood Chicago style. Meet the cast of the Proud and Privileged, the soap opera, Friday, March 23rd at the Prince Hall Masonic Temple, located at 809 East 42nd Place in Chicago, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., Walk the red carpet, photo ops, refreshments, and networking all night long. Advanced paid registration is highly recommended at www.pmpevent.info. The first 50 guests to arrive will receive an autographed copy of Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions by Sonia Cassandra Perdue. View the proud and privileged trailer at www.storiesourway.tv. Pre-register at www.pnpevent.info You're listening to WJPCFN Chicago's Community Affairs Calendar, powered by Chicago's Black Business Network. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. Join us today and touch the world. The Black Star Project, located at 3509 South King Drive, has established a Real Men Read program. You know that real men read. I know that real men read. We know that real men write. They invent. They invest. Take care of their families. Care and fight for their communities and villages. Now our children need to know that real men read so that they too will love reading and learning. The Black Star Project invites men and fathers from our communities to read to K through third graders. Ivory Harris at 773-285-9600 will be happy to give you more information. That's 773-285-9600. This is an all-out call for real men. Give a little time. It will make a great difference. You may also visit www.blackstarproject.org for more information. Walking down the street now is a dangerous thing. There are drug dealers, crack houses, gang members, and crackheads. People fighting, cursing, and killing too. So much chaos, we don't know what to do. But if people only knew that they are hurting little children, if they could only see what our community could be. When the consultation, one, stay calm. Two, try to say something positive. Three, tell the person what's on your mind. Four, ask if the person understands. Five, thank the person for listening if you can. Come on, y'all. Let's be an example. It has to start somewhere. How about now? For more information on ways to prevent violent crimes, contact Totally Positive Productions at 773-488-9553. Somewhere a child is waiting. 
Somewhere a child is waiting for you, and Unity Parenting and Counseling makes it possible for that child to be connected with this new family. Unity Parenting and Counseling will help you through the application process, training, and certification. Call Brenda Weatherspoon today at 312-455-0007 to be connected at the heart. Call 312-455-0007 today so that each day that child is closer to home. You are listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you, for Thursday, March 8th, 2012. This broadcast is designed to service the African-American communities in Chicago and around the world. Tonight's segment is Black Wall Street USA. Join us right here every Thursday evening, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. for Black Wall Street USA. Our host is Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street District's Chicago, and publisher and editor of the South Street Journal. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network and author of Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, Book 1, 2010, and Mr. Carter's co-host for this show. We have close to 900 people networking with us now on Chicago's Black Business Network. Join us today and touch the world. We would also like to ask that you go to Indiegogo.com and support our upcoming project, Black America, the 2012 Experience. That's www.indiegogo.com. And do a search for the tough questions and you'll find us there. Just wanted to share a little bit of information about Indiegogo.com. It is an angel network where you seek out funding for your different projects um, and innovations. It's my understanding there are about 120 angel networks works on the net. Some are business-oriented, some are music-oriented, some are for begging, for personal finance, or asking, should I say, for assistance. Uh, This particular one is one of the largest. So if you're looking for funding for a project or if you wish to fund our project, I thank you so much. Go to www.indie.com. Gogo.com. Want to be sure I said that right. Indiegogo.com. You know the routine. That was I Love My People by Mr. Oba William King of www.justusarts.org. And I love that song. I play it when I'm not on Black Wall Street USA. And if I can catch up with Mr. King, who travels all over the world, he is a professional storyteller. And he can join us for our event, uh, Meet the Cast of Proud and Privilege, on March 23rd. That's coming up. The chairman and I will talk about that a little bit more. You heard the announcement at the beginning of the show. Now, you know, I know, we all know now that all of our shows are rebroadcast on Saturday mornings on WJPC-FM Chicago, the soul of Chicago. Listen at www.wjpcchicago.com. And if you're interested in being a sponsor or a supporter of this show, or WJPC, give us a call, 312-239-8835. That's 312-239-8835. We have a great show coming up for you. We're changing things around a little bit, having some different type of guests, some different types of discussion. You know, we went tech a couple of weeks ago. We did the business reports last week. And so today, I guess uh, tonight we could talk about something that we all need. Our first guest, whether you admit it or not, our first guest this evening will be Mr. Theodore Henderson, 
author of The Wisdom Compass, your 31-day journey to wisdom-filled living. And if you look around you, people don't. We need some wisdom. We need some help, people. I thought that was kind of interesting, though, when I looked at uh, the title of his book, uh, as it appears in Chicago that we're having an early spring, but then it always appears that way. And the old folks always used to talk about cleaning out your system in the spring. What stuck me that we should probably have a period of cleansing for our mind, our relationships, our associates, our environments, and sometimes our jobs. I remember in the beginning of the year I was always aiming to change jobs and usually did. Well, Theodore can assist us with all of those things as his topics cover social media for career and business, wise living, personal development, and good decision making. And sometimes we need a different perspective. Um, I remember an example of one of my girlfriends. For some reason, she was referred to a psychologist, psychiatrist, and she used to come back and tell me about that conversation. I don't know if you're supposed to. Those are personal dialogues. I'm sure she didn't tell me everything. But she used to come back and tell me some of the things that her doctor had asked her, some of the questions he had asked her. And although we had been friends for a long time, I would never have asked her those questions. I would never have thought to ask her those questions or approach it in that particular way. So sometimes we need another voice, not sometimes oftentimes when we get stuck in certain ruts regarding our personal development and good decision-making. So uh, I'm going to work over Mr. Henderson this night and see what I can get out of him, okay? His websites are the w, are www.thewisdomcampus.com and theodorehenderson.com. Now, joining us for the second half of the show, uh, Mr. Gil Michael Mitchell, uh, it's the founder of Black Money Matters. I hope I said that correctly. Don't forgive me, Gil. We will continue our dialogue on the trillion dollars in spending by black consumers in America. We don't need a long introduction to that. You know, the chairman went to a panel at the Sabu Museum uh, on that a couple of weeks ago. And um, it's a lot to be said, and it's a continuous dialogue, and that pretty much states all of it. This is Black Wall Street USA. Our calling number is 347-326-9477. The chat room is not open tonight, uh, but we'll open it up again very soon. Okay, but we want you to call in, 347-326-9477. I'm speeding up, aren't I? Let's go ahead, uh, now that I've taken up half of the chairman's show, with everything that I wanted to do and everything that I want to say, I guess we can welcome the chairman to the show. Mr. Henderson, I do know that you're in our green room. We're just going to take care of our housekeeping here, and we're going to bring you on very short. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the show, Ron. How are you? Okay, I'm fine, Sonia. How about yourself this evening? I'm doing great. Good talking to you. I haven't talked to you in a few days, but now we're here on uh, Chicago's Black Business Network, getting to do some networking. And, uh, yes, we do have a different spin with Mr. Henderson as our guest today, and I believe that it still relates to uh, getting our inner self together in order to do any type of business. Absolutely, so absolutely. Right. And so which, uh, that. Right. Yeah, matter of fact, I had an interesting conversation earlier today with an individual based on the mindset of how we are doing business and how we're not doing business based on 
our inner thoughts, and a lot of times it has a lot to do with our upbringing based on how we have our inner uh, ability uh, to move forward in life and how that needs to have this cleansing as well. And then I also, I guess when you have Mr. Dr. Henderson on, I was uh, looking at a program just the other day when we were talking about the uh, somewhat of the exercise of our brain, how we are able to use our brain power to bring the best into us, and which uh, naturally is commonly known to a great extent that we only use a, what I'm thinking is something like 10% of the worth of our brain and how that affects our inner ability to uh, inspire our own selves to move forward. So I'm looking forward to this because we do need to have that inner self uh, cleansing in order to uh, move our agenda of really sustaining and increasing black businesses. So I'm looking forward to our conversation this evening. Absolutely. And I guess it's it's really difficult, Ron, to sustain, increase, or even run a business, number one, if you're not healthy or uh, I don't know how happy you can make it because you work like a dog to do it. But if you're not enjoying it and if it's not what you really want to do. So those are all uh, part of being um, part of being healthy. You, you can't run a business if you if you're not well, if you're ill. You can't run a business if your mind is not focused on what you're doing. I uh, I have this thing I used to do. I used to do it all the time. I haven't done it in a few years, but I think I'm going to. I used to move. I used to change jobs uh, all at the same time, and I used to go out of town. I used to do all three at the same time. I would move, change jobs, and go on a trip. And I haven't done it in a while, and I think it's about time because it, it's just a total switch. Of everything, you know, it's like a restart oh, yeah. and, a, and a jump. And I, I used to really, I, have, I think I did it in '07. I did all three mm-hmm. at one time, uh, mm-hmm. but I haven't done it in a while. It's four years, five years. How many? It's time to do that again. It's just, just how I do it, and that's just what I do. But uh, did you want to give us an update or anything? Share anything with us before we? Well, bring uh, I'm on? looking forward to um, coming to and be taken off. Uh, March 23rd, as I uh, indicated before, I'm coming as uh, J.S. You still haven't figured that out with our Hollywood on 43rd. So uh, we're really it's on 42nd Street, but it's right off the Black Wall Street District with the Powell and Privilege. So I'm looking forward to that. We do have a, a Black Wall Street District, so Chicago meeting that's going to be held this uh, Saturday in which we are going to be focusing on the districts. We're going to be focusing on the parity legislation for the automatic contracts of $1.2 million for each ward. And we're going to have a focus on what do we need to do or what are we going to do to really focus on each other's own business venture. That means that... um, South Street Journal needs some help in moving to the next level. What can we do this week to help South Street Journal? What can we do to help 
um, Jones Construction that week? What can we do to help Chicago's Black Business Network that week, not that long-term? So, yes, everything is help this long-term measurement, but what are the actions that we're doing this week? So that's going to be this Saturday at uh, 2.30 uh, p.m. at 821 West 69th Street at the Unity um, Church of God in Christ. Uh, but please want people to give me a call that are interested in attending that meeting this Saturday at 773-668-5318. Uh, the meeting will be kicking off at 2.30, and it will be lasting uh, until 4.30. So we do invite people because, as you indicated earlier, with this Nelson's report of blacks having $1.1 trillion in a year 15, how can we actually reinvent that gross amount of money to be targeted back to the community? Because it's indicating that only 5% of one point one trillion dollars is regenerated back into the community. That's a kind of a uh, it's a it's a trillion dollar disgrace to a great extent. So we want to focus on that this Saturday. And those that are in business, those that are concerned about building those businesses on our districts, those that are concerned about getting some of that one point three million dollars that's related to the contracts or construction contracts, we want people to be present. And, again, to uh, RSVP, uh, need to be contacted at 773-668-5318. So there's a lot going on, uh, but uh, I'm looking forward to March 23rd. I definitely want to... Um, you know, I, I guess I'm gonna stick to the uh, the JS uh, uh, hmm, what we call it, dread uh, attire. You never see yes. what you're coming as. I haven't made a decision yet. I'm too busy working on this project. <laughs> what Ron is talking about for those who are just tuning in, uh, we're hosting an event. Uh, South Street Journal is one of the sponsors and Chicago's Black Business Network and WJPCFM Chicago are sponsoring uh, a cast party somewhat. It's uh, Meet the Cast and the production team of Black, of, of Black Wall Street of uh, The Proud and Privileged and that's Friday, March 23rd 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Prince Hall Masonic Temple at 809 East 43rd Place here in Chicago. The after set, uh, tickets to that event will get you to the after set at Norman's Bristow uh, for 43rd and Berkeley. Um, and uh, it's going to be quite an enjoyable night. We're asking that you come and just as your favorite actor or actress and uh, show us what you got, Chicago. Come and meet the folks from Jackson Heights, Illinois. Jackson Heights, Illinois is the 
home of the proud and privileged. Uh, the attorneys, the district attorneys, the doctors, the lawyers, they all living out there uh, like Olympia Fields in Illinois. They all living out there doing their thing, and we're watching them. It's a soap opera. They're going into the filming of their first season. They want to celebrate with you, Chicago. We're going to have some decorative refreshments, some, you know, entertainment. We're going to have networking all night now, and we're just going to enjoy ourselves. I want you to come over and be a part. Bring a friend. You never know who you might, might meet. Bring your bios and your photos and uh, make application, you know, to be an extra in the upcoming shows. Uh, Lisa Calluet, who is the creator and writer of that show, is now producing. She's starting filming a talk show uh, entitled Seriously Talking. I think I have that right. Seriously Talking. Uh, Seriously Speaking. I'm so sorry, Lisa. Seriously Speaking, whereas it's focused on young people and uh, they get to discuss their view of the political agendas, uh, current events, and that type of thing with a panel and different guests every week. So we want you to come out and meet the cast of The Proud and Privilege on Friday, March 23rd. Visit www.pnpevent.info, and we're going to have a great time. We've done this before, so come on out and do it with us again. But, Ron, this is what we're going to do. Uh, I want you to remind us again of your, your meeting on March 10th later in the show, but Mr. Henderson has been on the line for a little while, and we want to uh, just bring him on. Mr. Henderson, welcome to the show. How are you this evening? I am doing very well, and uh, thank you for inviting me. Great. I'm going to turn the show over to you, Ron. Okay, thank you. Well, Mr. Henderson, uh, is it Dr. Henderson? or? No, it's just Mr. But I but I'll answer okay. to anything. <laughs> okay. No, I'm not a doctor. Well, <laughs> right. I have not read your book, and uh, but uh, Sonia did give a briefing. So can you give us a briefing of what the content and also where you are at or what inspired you to uh, write it and along with your background? Uh, sure. Well. <clears throat> First, let me just say uh, the book is The Wisdom Compass, Your 31-Day Journey to the Wisdom-Filled Living, and it was on the Amazon bestseller list for Christian Living for a bit. Uh, so it uh, is you know, significant achievement for me, and I'm, I'm blessed to have had it. I am also a uh, certified career counselor and professional speaker, and I spent, uh, I'm very familiar with technology, I actually spent uh, 20 years in information technology and sales and sales management. Uh, but now I focus primarily on uh, working with people both in personal development and uh, career development and in business skills, and then, of course, uh, speaking and uh, training. And I live in New York, and i uh, uh born and raised, actually, so I'm a native New Yorker and I still live here. So uh, with that being said, uh, the book actually uh, started out as what I like to call pain relief. I actually started uh, several years ago when I personally ran into uh, some challenges. Uh, I had a uh, marriage that was ending, uh, a job that was disintegrating, and my mother was uh, sick and dying. And I actually needed... uh, uh, I won't tell you the entire story, but I basically needed some way 
to manage myself through that process because, you know, as you know and uh, Sonia and the listeners know, uh, just having one of those things going on can be a challenge. To have several things hit at once uh, can be overwhelming. And uh, uh, what I decided yeah, to do. Well, I do know what you're speaking about. This came from the divorce court today, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, didn't mean to tap into the pain, but yes. Um, so out of that, I uh, had decided I had uh, started uh, really reading and drilling down into uh, scriptural learning and spiritual learning. And. Um, out of that came the book of Proverbs uh, struck me as really a tool that uh, one could use to make some substantial changes in their in their life in a 30-month period, and obviously something that could be used repeatedly because it's, it's not meant to read once and put away. And so I started uh, the process of researching and writing, and two years later, uh, I had written that book, and then... Uh, you know the rest, and the rest is history. So it really is uh, a book about how to manage your life, both on a personal level, your relationships, the community, uh, your business, finances, and uh, your vocation and purpose. Well, let me go to two extremes. How would you um, counsel uh, Oprah Winfrey and that homeless man? versus that homeless man uh, laying in the street? How would I counsel Oprah Winfrey versus the homeless man in the street? Uh, what would I be counseling them about? You can't, you, you're not going to throw well, that on them. Well, when you talk about life, uh, life improvement and, 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 and life management, is there oh, right. Uh, right, in, that, in that manner? Oh, okay. Well, <clears throat> For anyone that has has read the book, um, it really is not so much counseling as uh, from an external source as from an internal source. So we all have the same challenges in life. We may be at different places uh, financially, but when you look at, as I said, the the way I've approached the book is uh, how you have to deal with yourself personally and your personal evolution how you deal with your relationship with your spouse or a significant other, uh, with your family, and that's um, very different than someone that you marry or or, or live with and form a relationship with. That's a lot different than uh, a blood relative because there's a matter of choice and, and other issues there. Uh, how are you, um, your standing and your interaction with uh, friends and then community, then personal financial situation, uh, your business, and then last but not least, your uh, your passion or your purpose or your vocation, what you should truly be doing, which for many of us is not the same as what we do for uh, a living or in terms of our business. That all revolves around, uh, for me, my spiritual belief and uh, uh, or my religious belief. None of those, you're never in a position where over a prolonged period of time those eight areas are all working perfectly. We all have ups and downs in life, no matter what our financial situation is. It, the, the issue becomes where we are in life, what we're doing. And so the counseling, as, if we can call it that, remains the same. 
we have to approach things in a, in a in a very distinct way and that and that approach is always looking inside to see what we need to change so that we can then interact with the world around us and that's and I would tell that to to anyone doesn't matter who they are Mr. Henderson, this is Sonia Perdue. I think his call was dropped. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. Looked like the uh, chairman disappeared into the mm. out cyberspace out there somewhere, Mr. Henderson. But uh, it, that's great. Tell us a little bit about uh, counseling uh, and how – the social media, how you counsel people as far as social media and job searches and that type of thing. Okay. Well, uh, as I mentioned, I'm a certified career counselor. And uh, and I actually became that as a result of uh, speaking and uh, doing workshops around, you know, around the book. People were, began asking me about uh, career advice because I spent quite a bit of time in the book about it. And so I decided to uh, really codify things and um, get in, and get a certification so that I could really uh, intelligently and coherently uh, offer people uh, real advice. Uh, you know, clearly career is, is an important issue in our life. I think I had mentioned my technology background, and that just sort of lent itself to me really drilling down into social media. And you know, I teach workshops regularly around personal branding. In other words. Presenting yourself online, creating an image for yourself, and making yourself accessible uh, to the online community or people that may want to uh, to reach you in in a professional uh, manner, and you know it's a very very powerful tool, and it's a tool that uh, can leave uh, some people. Uh, uncomfortable because they don't want to necessarily be in the public space, but you're going to need to uh, get get over that. And the reason you need to is that employers are looking for resources, for people resources online. Uh, they are going to the main sites and uh, they are actively looking for you uh, and at, to advertise there, to attract you, and they're also looking to research you. Uh, if you are coming in for an interview or if you've con uh, contacted them uh, regarding employment or opportunities. So if you're not there, it's no longer, okay, they're not there I wonder, you know, where they are. It's now, well, why aren't they there? Uh, so Absolutely. so things, things have changed. And um, so I work with people on that. I just did um, a huge seminar uh, here, uh, probably 100 people in the room. And uh, the vast majority of them have no compelling online presence, and let's just take, uh, you know, the the big three: LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. And so, I uh, this was an introductory seminar, so I actually explained to them how they can utilize those for uh, both for small business to promote your business and and for career to promote yourself uh, from a career perspective. And uh, you know, it was new information uh, for most of them, but. They were techniques that are in use and very useful, and I stay abreast of those, um, you know, on purpose because that's really my, that's my niche is how do you use these tools to make yourself available to opportunity. Well, this is what we're going to do, Mr. Henderson. 
the chairman is back on the line with us, but we're going to take a short break. And mm-hmm. we want to come back and talk about, continue the discussion, Chairman, about uh, the do's and don'ts of being on social media because people, and we know some of them, have lost their jobs uh, for some of the things that they've done uh, utilizing those big three. So we want to talk about the do's, the best way to present yourself on the social media in a, in a job search situation and the don'ts. Okay, you're listening to Black Wall Street USA. We're going to be back after this break with Mr. Theodore Henderson, author of The Wisdom Compass, Your 31-Day Journey to Wisdom-Field Living, and also a career counselor. So we'll be right back with the chairman and Mr. Henderson right after this break.
are listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, All Black, All News, All You. Tonight's segment is Black Wall Street USA. Our host is Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street District, Chicago, and publisher, ed- publisher and editor of the South Street Journal. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. You, you were listening to I Don't Want, Want, I Don't Want to Walk Alone by CBBN member Sylvia Frederick from the CD Sister Under God's Construction. Now, WJPC, the Soul of Chicago, wanted me to send out a message to you that they are looking for gospel songs for their Sunday morning service program, which is from 7 a.m. to 12 p.m. on Sunday mornings. If you are interested in submitting your song, please call us at 312-239-8835, 312-239-8835. I guess I could slow down and stop talking like I'm racing. Our first guest this evening is Mr. Theodore Henderson, author of The Wisdom Compass, Your 31-Day Journey to Wisdom-Filled Living, and he is back on the line with us as well as the chairman. Before we went to break, we asked Mr. Henderson to share some of the do's and don'ts of using social medias, the big three specifically, in our job searches. I'm going to turn it back over to the chairman. Welcome back. Well, thank you. Sorry about that interruption here. Uh, so, um, Mr. Henderson, what is that? I know that um, I think that someone, maybe about two or three years ago, my daughter now, she's 26, but I looked at her uh, Facebook page. Uh, she was still in, um, just about getting ready to graduate from college. And first thing, I looked at her Facebook, and I said, stop showing your booty on on your Facebook. <laughs> so she eventually stopped showing her booty, showing that she was a party girl, and she got conservative. So um, how much um, does that play? I heard you say that not only are companies looking for individuals to hire, but prior to hiring, that Facebook is somewhat, uh, Twitter, uh, uh, LinkedIn is somewhat their reference. Oh, is it? Would right. you say that that is more of a reference than giving somebody, giving a employer your, uh, uh, giving your employer the telephone number and a contact person? Well, uh, let me address it this way, because um, there's a couple, of, there's two or three different questions floating around in there. Uh, one way is, uh, let me just actually comment on you doing the right thing and actually looking at your child's Facebook page and um, and uh, getting involved in what was there. That's the first step uh, in helping a young person understand how they need to pre- present themselves online. Uh, and um, so I'm g- it's good to hear that you were able to intervene and uh, do that because probably still at that age where the uh, some things can be attributed to, to youth. Now, the other thing is that uh, everyone listening should understand that there is no privacy online. I think everyone has, uh, that we've seen enough scandals, uh, enough people getting caught tweeting and texting and sexting and any other kind of ING uh, online. There, There is no privacy, so conduct yourself civilly and, and, and respectfully. Uh, photos that show you in situations that you would not put on a billboard and stand on the corner with 
are photos that should not be up there. That's the, that, that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing. So let's. So that's the real advice that I'm giving everyone. Don't assume because it's your Facebook page that other people can't find it, can't see it, and will not hold you accountable in some way that may be unflattering to you, particularly as it relates to career or business. So some 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 do's do be online and do police what is there about yourself. So let's just take. Um, as we've mentioned, uh, I call them the big three, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, everyone should have a professional-looking photo on their on their landing page. And if, for those that don't know what a landing page is, that's the page that people come to if they look up your name. So if you look my name up on LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter, you'll see a photo of me when you, when you come to uh, my section. It doesn't have to be shot by a professional or in a studio. It just needs to be professional-looking. And or or it needs to look like someone who uh, a potential employer, a potential business person would want to do business with. You need to have a short, intelligent bio there. Um, in in the case of Facebook and Twitter, uh, one paragraph uh, because Twitter is short and sweet. Facebook a little bit longer, so you can have a couple of paragraphs. But you know something that's very direct that will give people a snapshot of who you are, and it can be something just like I introduced when uh, Ron, uh, when you asked me to introduce myself. That is something that's very consistent with what you would find out about me online. So, you, so you want to have that, and you want to get involved in the community. I'm well, about you did mention you did mention some of your personal uh, triumphs as well. Um, would yes. that be on there as well? Uh, that would be on any page that I may be discussing um, my book, because okay. that's what I. Because if I come out and speak to someone from the platform, I have no problem relating that story. Nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, it's it, it's a story to connect with people. Uh, first off, it's true, and if I'm in, a, in an audience and if I'm speaking to 200 people. I'm sure 150 of them had at least one of those problems. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. so the issue is, is you know, you never you and, and and you sound like a gentleman that understands this. You don't wag your finger at people, tell them what to do. You explain to them how you too faced that same challenge and overcame it. Right, identification. Actually, uh, actually, okay. uh, you're 100 percent correct. So. Online needs to be your electronic version of you presenting yourself to the public. It's your coming out party <laughs> to the world, and you have to conduct it, conduct yourself like that. And uh, and I painstakingly go through that when I when I coach people around social media or or I give um, workshops where people can set up these profiles and, and do these types of things. Because I'm on not only on those, I'm on YouTube also. If you put my name in, you're going to see videos. Uh, of me uh, speaking or teaching, and uh, you know, I created a, a presence for my for myself uh, because unless I give people a reason to look for me and to stay engaged that way, they will not. But I'm not doing anything that everyone else cannot do if they if they put some effort into it. Depending upon and massage it, depending upon what their business is. Mm-hmm. So, are you looking? Uh, are you saying that is the the social network of communications 
uh, again, I have to admit my personal experience, uh, and that is uh, Sonia Purdue is the one that encouraged me to have a social page. I was, you know, even though being in the public um, activities, being publicly known, um, I just did not bother to be a part of the social network. But mm-hmm. now that I have, um, I see that connection and that benefit. Are you looking at the social network a a, a major factor or a mandatory factor? Uh, I consider it mandatory uh, for me. Uh, obviously, it depends on uh, your business and what uh, you're looking to accomplish. And it's not always measured in the volume of people who are connected to you or, or who have friended you. It's in the quality of the of the relationships or that or that balance of quality and quantity. You you have to um, take a look at what you're trying to trying to accomplish. Uh, I would say that. Uh, someone who is uh, looking for work, uh, who was uh, who is employed, needs to start looking for it a long time before they ever think about changing jobs. And they need to create, uh, get involved electronically, and uh, create community. Now, with that being said, I also work with people about how to properly network eyeball to eyeball because social media is just a supplement to an overall strategy of how you present yourself business-wise. It is not something that is in isolation. So that's an electronic handshake and electronic presentation of yourself. You 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 follow the same rules whether or not you meet someone in person or you meet them online. Mm-hmm. Now, the eyeball-to-eyeball um, contact, whether it is um, a business meeting or obtaining or trying to obtain employment or interviewing someone for employment, um, how much do we want to portray our personal thoughts? And how much does our personal thoughts uh, engage people of wanting to be associated business-wise with us? Mm-hmm. Well, that and that's a tricky one. Uh, particularly when it comes to religion and politics. <laughs> so uh, I have a rule that I don't engage in um, political discussions uh, online. That's my rule. I'm also not blogging about politics either. Uh, if I was in the business of politics, then you know certainly I would be online and writing about it and talking about it uh, you know all day every day. Uh, but I'm not. I'm in a different sort of business, and uh, too much deviation into that world would interfere with the business that I'm in. So you have to make an intelligent assessment of what you're trying to get accomplished, and if that's fine work, or if that's uh, promote your 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 small business or or your large business, how whatever sort of business you have, and if talking about the a presidential election or the mayoral election or or whatever other high profile uh activities or or maybe some current event if taking stands on that and when it's not uh a key part of what you do from a from a business or career perspective I would tell people uh not to do that and instead you know what 
you can uh, meet people live and go through that, go to a town hall meeting. <laughs> okay. Well, then what is the – how much is the difference in what you provide in personal coaching, if you will, opposed to a person that see a therapist once a week or every two weeks of uh, – how much does the one-on-one service that you provide in helping a person bring the most out of them? Uh, do uh, Again, that's why I use the difference between uh, what Oprah Winfrey needs to be able to stay where she at by seeking your services so that she can bring more of the best out of her or to level her head. Uh, so is it, you know, there's some people that see a therapist maybe once a month or once a week. Uh, how often should a person seek your services? Okay. Well, um, my services are uh, entirely different from a therapist, and I don't do therapy. Uh, I work with people on their business life as it pertains to their uh, either starting a business or their career and how to use business tools to make that happen. So I don't get, when people have personal issues, uh, if I recognize people with personal issues that may be interfering with that, uh, I would actually recommend that they go to a, uh, a licensed uh, counselor or a faith-based counselor. So I would not get involved trying to do that. Mm-hmm. Can you detect a person having uh, personal therapy needs when they're trying to secure their uh, business or career venture? Do you see that there is something personal that may be blocking them from their professional uh, direction in life? Well, at times that uh, that comes across. Uh, people show up in life. Uh, with a lot of personal issues, uh, we you know we're a sum total of everything we've ever done and the people we've been around. So uh, that you bring a lot to the puzzle. We operate uh, in our normal day-to-day lives by managing uh, our past and our present, uh, so that we can have a, a, a you know a brighter future. And unfortunately, many times the programming that we receive from our environment. Uh, past and present interferes with that, and sometimes you will need to actually talk to someone who is a professional uh, counselor or a therapist to dig through uh, some issues. And you know, case in point, if uh, someone is in uh, a situation uh, where uh, there may have been uh, abuse or other type of activities that have gone on in their past, it could indeed be interfering with the, how they how they progress in their career. So, but, but as a career as a career coach uh, and a career counselor, you don't try to do therapy. You send people to the people. You send them to the specialists. So, is there a difference in the culture? That was before I got uh, disconnected. Is there a difference in the culture of you understanding? assisting a person in their professional direction of life? Uh, Culture. What do you mean? Well, racial. Is there a racial barrier that you can detect in how you need to provide that 
professional uh, coaching and direction to a person? Uh, not really. No? Uh, and okay. uh, no, no, not, not really. People are, uh, particularly when it comes to making a living, people, people are people. I mean, if someone comes from a particular background or something very similar to me, there may be some commonalities that we share uh, only because the experience is similar. But, you know, the process that I take people through is very precise so that it cuts across uh, either uh, cultural, social, or racial lines with, and, you know, even though there may be some nuances in there, it cuts across. I take people through a process of assessing themselves and their skills and identifying uh, new skills, um, creating a vision for themselves, how to do the, the job, uh, how to do the, the research on the companies and the industry, how to manage a coherent campaign, prepare their documentation, such as cover letter and a resume, and, and how to present themselves, how to interview appropriately, how to network appropriately, um, how to negotiate once you get a, a job offer, a multiple job offer. So that actually... You know, all said and done, it doesn't matter where you came from, you have to do that. Right. So uh, given one of those examples in negotiating um, a salary, um, would that be one of the key elements that people will come to you or want to read your book? Uh, or if, is there uh, another major focus that people come to you um, and seeking your services. Is it negotiating well, I, that? Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, uh, actually, that's a good question. Uh, I created a series. That, uh, we didn't mention that yet. Uh, but I created a series called The Intelligent Career Manager. And uh, I actually just put up the new website, and it's uh, theintelligentcareermanager.com. Uh, the and what it is, it is an audio series and workbook series that steps that steps someone through the very things I just I, I just mentioned, because the problem that people have in um, in doing a job search or a career transition is uh, fear, lack of knowledge, lack of strategy. Uh, whether you lose that job through no fault of your own, or you walk away from it, um, or uh, some other event. Uh, that uh, that separates you from the payroll. The bottom line is you need to replace your income. Uh, most of us have to replace the income. Uh, maybe there's some independent wealthy people, but most of us have to replace the income. And we we go about looking for for uh, work in a very haphazard, ill-conceived way that may have worked one way or another in in the past, but does not work in 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 the world we live in now. And so those elements I mentioned, I, I, I cover in several hours of, of really audio coaching, if you want to look at it like that, and uh, and stepping people through that so they understand uh, the process. And so part of that is you really want to call someone like me after you reviewed a lot of that process because you really need me to, to at various points, to come in and take a look at, uh, maybe your resume and your what I call your marketing package, or maybe uh, help you understand how to better network into um, uh, see the right people, better opportunities. How to how to uh, um, conduct yourself so that you get more than one job offer? Because if you've got two job offers, you make a choice. If you've got one job offer, you take it. So, 
Now, going beyond the, um, the the phase of rather secure, well, I get it, city, but someone off you, um, um, someone says, uh, well, uh, put your salary range in. Now, is that um, 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 an instance where you want to do research on that company to answer that question, or is do you provide services to help a person before they put uh, the salary that they're expecting? How do you answer that? Is that kind of laid out in your book on answering that question, or is that something that you would have done research on to be able to answer that question? Okay. Whether you well, undersell and, yourself or oversell yourself. See, the this is actually another good question. People should not expect their career advisor to know the answer to what salary they should expect. What they should expect from me is how to go about finding the salary ranges for the position they're looking for in that petition in that particular industry. See, that's the key. The key is what do people make in that position? And when I step people through this process, one of the things I go through with them are the um or, or how to go online or how to use the the uh, the, uh public sources of information to follow the trends in salaries for their particular position. And if your particular position is in sales, um in retail for some particular area of that, you know, what what does a person like that make? Uh, what do they make based on their experience? All that information actually can be found, and part of your homework, if you want to be an intelligent career manager, is to do some homework and not assume. So you should never, you don't you don't want to just run around putting salaries in, uh, but you do want, there are some, sometimes you are forced to put in a range, and so you want to be, able to understand what that range is given uh, what the, the position you're looking for. So that is on the uh, career, perhaps, or vocational path. How does or where does that come in play for a person in business, uh, even to the point of, there, matter of fact, on our show last week, I believe, we had Greg Brown that was, uh, he's with the, Southside Federal Credit Union, and he indicated that they have three criterias in uh, making a decision on giving someone a loan. Uh, mm-hmm. The first was the uh, the example of they can pay the loan. Um, the they can pay the loan back. Uh, the business plan, and then third, their credit. Mm-hmm. Is there a coaching that will, other than your business plan and your uh, your state of how you would pay the uh, loan back, is there a coaching that you provide that person to be able to present themselves? Because sometimes uh, if Donald Trump comes to you or go to a bank and Donald Trump just held that uh, knowing who he is, and to for a person that have been 
went to maybe about two or three bankruptcies. So it's that salesmanship of Donald Trump. How much of that do you get involved with the person that's going into business based on do they sell in their presentation or is there some trick to that to make a, uh, a financial institution uh, provide them the loan regardless of their credit? Okay. Well, there are no, there are no tricks. <laughs> so we, we, we can put that one to bed. The trick is to be prepared and to be persistent and actually um uh doesn't affect you know i'm refer back to donald trump uh because you mentioned him uh not because i feel one way or the other about him uh, but mm-hmm. i remember uh watching him uh he was being interviewed along with uh, some other entrepreneurs uh at various stages of of wealth and accomplishment and he was very clear that uh, he himself has been turned down for financing many, 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 many times. And so if someone like that, uh, with name recognition um, and, and, and public recognition, uh, both positive and negative, is um, and, and perceived to have some form of business acumen is going to be turned down by financial institutions on project, you should expect to be turned down. That's the first thing. Uh, the second mm-hmm. thing is you want to engage someone as an advisor or a coach or as a mentor while you're preparing your business plan because the business plan is really a guide to how you're going to present your business to a potential investor. It's not always the bank. Sometimes you're going to have to present it to a private investor that is not necessarily operating under the same rules as a, as a banking institution. So you really want to have yourself prepared that way. So you want a career coach or career advisor in, that, in the mix of helping you from the beginning, and then by the time you stand in front of someone, you're able to go through that plan and crisply explain it uh, in a way so that you can get your answer. Whether the answer is yes or no, every no gives you some some idea about how to get closer to yes. So as we get ready to move on to our uh, next guest, then getting your book, what mm-hmm. would you say that people will actually walk away with? Or would they... Uh, see the need to give you a call to further, or they're going to have all they need after going over the book. Well, there's, the book. Uh, there's never all you need just from a book, <laughs> except mm-hmm. except maybe the biblical book. Um, right. What I would okay. tell people is, if you want to see, um, you want to read more about my book, The Wisdom Compass, then you go to www.thewisdomcompass.com. And uh, there's a write-up there, and there's information if someone wants to invest in a, a book and, and receive it, either um, hard copy or, or electronically. Uh, if they're interested in exploring uh, the strategies and the issues around uh, job search and, and investment and how to really uh, t- you know, take control of, of, of their career in terms of uh, transition, and, and how to intelligently move forward uh, that way, then they should go to www.theintelligentcareermanager.com. 
com, and I go through very um, exhaustive detail about how you can use the strategies uh, in the in the series to um, either find work or uh, if you're in between or um, transition to something if you're currently working but you want to uh, move forward in a, in a different way. And I actually um, do touch on in that series uh, the strategy around starting a business and, and why you want to uh, uh, do that way, do that, uh, go that right. way. Right. Well, um, I definitely want to thank you for being part of us. Uh, and I know also that Sonia will be reaching out for you because her mind just be click-clocking all the doggone time. And I'm saying that to say that she is in the midst of putting together a, um, oh, Sonia, I forget what you called it, a book review in South Street Journal or a book showcase? Well, author's showcase, is that is, is that it, Sonia? Yes, we do have an author showcase coming up in the South Street Journal where you uh, can place the ad in there and feature your book, and we're gonna uh, we have a couple of spots for authors to be featured as well. So I guess I will be reaching out to you, Mr. Henderson, uh, for that particular situation. But yes, we do want to thank you. Quite a, a great conversation and quite a needed conversation. We need to be reminded of our what we're, and I need to be reminded myself sometimes, Mr. Henderson, of what we should do and what we should not do on social media. Thank you for being with us so much. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, let me thank the chairman, and let me thank you, Sonia, and uh, you folks have a blessed evening, and thanks to the audience, too. You as well. You're welcome. You listen to, mm-hmm. you listen to Black Wall Street USA. This is Chicago's Black Business Net- Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. Join us right here every Thursday evening, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. for Black Wall Street USA. Our guest for the second half of the show will be Ms. McGill Michelle, who is the founder of Black Money Matters. We will continue our dialogue on the trillion dollars in spending by black consumers. That topic is getting hotter and hotter, as it should. Our caller number is 347-326-9477. We're going to take a very short break back here. Uh, We're going to take a very short break, and we'll be right back. Thank you. Be in business for yourself, but not by yourself. Team up with a company voted the 57th most promising by Forbes. With no money to collect from your customers, no credit checks, and no cost for you to join. Visit electricmoneyteam.com, 773-980-9288. That's electricmoneyteam.com, 773-980-9288. Hey, you want more money in your pocket, right? Savers are losers, unless you save like the rich and beat inflation. The secret? Save the right kind of money. Pure, solid, 24-karat gold or silver for as little as 20 bucks a week, direct from the mint. Don't spend money. Exchange bad money for good money. Start today at SaveMetalMoney.com. That's SaveMetalMoney.com. The chains of slavery in the modern world are not forged with links of iron, but with the bonds of limiting ideas and debt. Feel that you're surrounded on all sides by your mortgage company? Then you need Foreclosure Attacker. Our team of legal experts are here to help. If you and your family are struggling with mortgage payments and have a high interest rate in foreclosure or have questions about the legality of your mortgage documents, call Foreclosure Attacker at 866 
669-0395 or visit www.foreclosureattacker.com. Call 866-669-0395 today to win the fight against your mortgage beast. Come on and get with the folks from Jackson Heights, Illinois, the home of America's first African-American anytime drama. Proud and privileged, the soap opera is going into the filming of its first season, and they want to celebrate with you, Chicago. Hollywood, Chicago style. Meet the cast of the Proud and Privileged, the soap opera, Friday, March 23rd, at the Prince Hall Masonic Temple, located at 809 East 42nd Place in Chicago, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Walk the red carpet, photo ops, refreshments, and networking all night long. Advanced paid registration is highly recommended at www.pmpevent.info. The first 50 guests to arrive will receive an autographed copy of Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions by Sonia Cassandra Perdue. View the proud and privileged trailer at www.storiesourway.tv. Pre-register at www.pnpevent.info. Welcome back. You're listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. Tonight's segment is Black Wall Street USA with our host, Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Districts, Chicago, and publisher and editor of the South Street Journal. We're right here every Thursday evening, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. You can also listen to a rebroadcast of our shows on Saturday mornings on WJPC FM Chicago. Listen at www. WJPCChicago.com. If you're interested in being a sponsor or a supporter of the show, call us at 312 239 Ron Carter, welcome back to the show. You are live. I don't know what you're doing. Uh, okay. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, we are. <laughs> when you hear stuff or something? I don't know what you're doing over there, but I just wanted to let you know you're live over there. I don't know if you're eating dinner okay. or painting or what you're doing. I'm but, not going to say. I'm not telling. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I I'm guess for the done. second half of this show will be Mr. Gil Michelle, who is the founder of BlackMoneyMatters.com. We continue our dialogue on the trillion dollar in spending by black consumers. Let's go ahead. I thank you for your patience, Mr. Michelle. Let's welcome Gil to the show. How are you this evening? I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's our pleasure to uh, have you here. Oh, this conversation, this $1.1 trillion in 2015. Mm. Uh, Before we get into that, give us a little background on on, on who you are and what brings you to this here question as well. Well, uh, thank you very much, Ron, for having me. Um, Just a little bit about myself. I'm actually an accountant by trade. I am originally born and raised in New York City. And I now live in South Bend, Indiana. Uh, I, I was raised by my father and mother, and, but my father was an extremely strong businessman. He was, he's fr- was from Haiti. He came here in the 60s. And because he faced quite a bit of racism in, in a number of accounting firms, he decided to open his own right in Brooklyn, New York, where that business um, did very well and thrived for over 30 years. And um, as a result, he raised me and my two brothers, one older and one younger, as accountants as well. And we all three actually uh, run our own accounting firms. 
in different parts of the country. I'm here in South Bend, Indiana. Uh, my younger brother is continuing the business in New York, and my and my older brother has um, offices in Atlanta and in Connecticut. And so um, he taught us pretty early on uh, a really strong sense of entrepreneurship, um, and and it was just something you know some things are taught and some things are taught are caught, um, and it was it was probably both with with me and my brothers. So. Uh, that's 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 my that's my bread and butter. That's what I do. I, um, I run an accounting firm where I uh, do accounting and um, tax services for for a number of small businesses, maybe some not so small. And um, I I also run uh, the uh, BlackMoneyMatters.com, which is a website, sort of an e-zine uh, with articles and an online uh, platform to talk about money, um, black money in particular. So. That's a little bit about well, about me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the, you're in the right business of question uh, as it relates. I think I have to commend your father for what he's done. I think I don't know if you had listened to the earlier uh, part of the program where before I got cut off, I was talking to a uh, Latino uh, person earlier today. So mm-hmm. happens, and uh, we were discussing this uh, 1.1 trillion dollars, uh, and then we also discuss the difference between the Latin community in getting into business at a younger age, based on their family traditions, opposed mm-hmm. to the Black community where uh, the Latin. Uh, family somewhat kind of assisted and kind of demanded that their uh, their offsprings follow their business trail where the black community tend to be more go to school, get a good job. Uh, with that in mind, um, do you or have you witnessed, well, first I want to back up, uh, is your father still alive? Actually, he he did pass um, a, a, about roughly one month after the earthquake in Haiti, um, when that happened just about two years ago. So we just came on the two-year anniversary of my father passing away. Uh, okay. But so no, he's Do not you, with us. Okay, are you familiar with the uh, Black United Fund? I am in Chicago. Okay, so they have an annual event called Passing the Torch. Are you familiar with that? I, I am not. Okay, well, what they originally, they're in their ninth year now, uh, maybe going on their tenth year this year, uh, and the they started off honoring business, family businesses, where the family business was passed on to the offspring. Okay. Uh, the and uh, so they've been doing this. It's a real great turnout. There are normally 600 to 1,000 people show up uh, every year. Uh, but they ran out of black businesses that's passing the torch. <laughs> so they had to start looking at uh, uh, social service people that pass the torch to people that they have mentored opposed to family members. Um, In your accounting businesses, do you see a lot of passing the torch um, based on your clients, uh, regardless of their uh, ethnic background? 
Most most definitely. And um, quite honestly, a, a good portion of my clientele are from India. And if there's any uh, community that I see that happening the most, it is within the Indian community. And it's funny that you bring up the Latin community as well because it's pretty strong there as well. Mm-hmm. Do you see that? in a fair representation in the black community. So how's the weather there today? <laughs> no. Um, it's chilly. Um, unfor- unfortunately, I do not. Um, okay. But, you know, what? Well, I will say this. I don't want to cast a, a really bad uh, impression. I think what I am seeing, though, is a new generation of people who are coming up with a different mindset. And so I, I strongly believe, though, that in the next – 15 to 20 years, we're going to see a strong, uh, a strong resurgence of that happening over the next few years, because I think there's a what people are seeing now. This generation is that that they have to start their own businesses. They're going after things a little bit, you know, a little bit more. Uh, maybe a generation back, like you said, the, the goal was, hey, go to school, get a good education, get a good job. Uh, it's not the same environment anymore. People don't stay at a job for 40 years, get the, the watch, get the, you know, get the retirement, get the pension, mm-hmm. and retire on, on a great pension anymore. Those days are pretty much over. And so people mm-hmm. are starting to see now, boy, if I don't carve my own path for myself, then I may not have a path to walk on. Well, there was, a uh, matter of fact, when uh, Chicago's Black Business Network, when we first started two years ago, we had a financial investment real estate planner on our program, and he indicated that the black uh, net worth was approximately about $18, while the counterpart of Caucasians was about $87 net worth. And then on our program uh, last week, uh, I think it was last week, where we had Philip Jackson of the Black Star here in Chicago. He presented a report that in, for the black community to be in parity of education with the white counterpart, the study indicated that it will be approximately 200 years mm. before that the black community can't catch up to the whites as far as education. So if we look at the net worth of the black community of $18 compared in general compared to the white of $87 net worth and then the education projection, and then we look at what you are Stating will happen in 20 years, and then when we look at the Nelson's report of $1.3 trillion, how do you sum all of this up? <laughs> well, uh, wow, how do you sum it up? I, I think you have to, um, it, it's almost like how do you eat an elephant, you know, one, one bite at a time, because it's, it's, a, it's a big disparity. And I think if you... You know, what you said, a lot of what you said went into my thinking and why exactly I started Black Money Matters. I'll tell you this really quickly, is that I, I read a, a, a book at one point. Someone let me, I, I saw someone reading a book, and the name of it was The Jewish Phenomenon. 
And so the person said, well, you got to read this book. And I looked through it a little bit, and I saw a, a little graph, and it showed net worth uh, by people groups. But, you know, what was interesting about this is that it didn't just say African Americans. It said Caribbean Americans. It had um, people from Africa, first generation from Africa. It had uh, Mexicans. It had African Americans. And African Americans were actually listed under Mexicans, Mexican Americans. And I as went to myself. Net worth? As far as net worth. And but what happened was they pulled the numbers out from from Caribbean Americans and uh those who are indigenous from Africa as well. And when I saw where we were on that chart, it, it's exactly why I started the website. I said, Man, something has to be done. Because <clears throat> you know, it's almost like an epidemic. It's, if if we don't start to, to to change the tide of where things are going um, then we're going to find ourselves as a community, you know, in a really, really bad place. So it's it's really mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it, uh, the uh, Dusan Museum had a panel regarding this one point trillion dollar consumer market of the black community, and right. uh, Tom Burrell of uh, he he's a chairman emeritus of Burrell Advertising. And he indicated that one way that has to it has to be done is propaganda. Is that how do you feel? And again, using propaganda, rather, you know, I mean, back in the '60s, propaganda was something like a ooh bad word. <laughs> but <What>? he <laughs> continued to use the term propaganda. In order to turn this cycle around, that's one way. Do you see that term or a lack of terms to say propaganda, or is there any other way to try to address this phenomenon? I think that is one a one prong approach. You know, people perception really is everything. Um, you know, what happens? We walk. You know, we as black folk, we go into a restaurant, and what is the first thing we think? The perception is. Among among the waitresses, if you if man if I get that black folk on my if they come to my table, I ain't leaving no tip, you know or um, you know uh, you know perception is really is everything, and so I think we have to work hard at number one. I think there's nothing wrong with propaganda if it's done in the right in the right way, because ultimately what we perceive is our reality, and but that's just one way to do it. Um, we have to do it through education. We have to do it through um, the, the biggest way to confront a lie is to keep putting the truth out there. You know, and, and people who work in, in the U.S. Mint, they don't teach them how to detect, you know, false dollars. What they do is they make you so uh, um, uh, knowledgeable of what real money is so that when you see a fake one, you know, you, you, it, you detect it right away. And I think that's what we have to do when it comes to perception. I think we have to continue uh, financial literacy. We have to continue financial education. You know, when I wrote, when I started the website, the first thing I talked about was, why is it that when we get our tax refunds, it's gone in three weeks? Why, why isn't, um, why do we go out and buy a 55, 60-inch TV, and we're still rent, we're still renting, or we go out and go rent a TV for six months and a year? Um, well, do you think that the propaganda is um, kind of high doing 
tax season for buying. I mean, naturally, the oh. propaganda for Christmas, and then after sure. Christmas, the other propaganda is the taxes, and the other propaganda, the major propaganda, have to wait until Christmas again, I believe. You know, you got Mother's Day and Christmas and Valentine's Day, all that in there. Uh, but is that the focus too much on the black community, or is that across the board among all races that uh, when you get that tax return uh, that it's going to be gone in three weeks? It, it's, it's, it's across the board. Don't get me wrong. But it's happening mm-hmm. way too much in the black community at a greater percentage. It's happening at way too high a percentage. And what I mean about the propaganda and what we continue to, to focus on, my father, if we got an allowance after we, did our, after we did our chores and he gave us our money, what was instilled and what kept coming in, what was consistent is you work, you get rewarded, you take that, you live off of 80, you give 10% of it, you, you save 10% of it. And he kept saying it over and over until it became a part of me. So we, we, we do what we see. And what's constantly before us, we do what we see and what we hear. And if, if, if the propaganda, if you want to use those words, around us is we continue to spend, spend, spend. We don't save. We don't build towards something else. Then, yeah, then we're going to continue to do the same thing we have always done. And we're doing it in way too many high numbers. Everyone is doing it. Sure, every community, you know, has, you know, those who will spend and, 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 and waste money. But when we look at the the statistics, and you talked about the statistics of net worth and net wealth, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the bank account and the the wallets. And uh, so we have to to gird up our own financial uh, bootstraps, and we have to to solve this problem. There was a, a debate in our last week program as well, uh, regarding to change it around, one of the first things, you know, I think I made the notion that in order to change it around, we got to invest more into businesses. We got to go into businesses in order to address this $1.1 trillion in order to bring it back. But the other side of some of our callers indicated that in order for us to address this $1.1 trillion, we have to put more emphasis in family. Given your family history and your father and what your father has done for you and your brother, and I guess twofold, he was an accountant and he was in business, and he put that into his children. What is the balance, is there a balance between blacks going into business or blacks being more family-orientated to address economics? Oh, I think that there is definitely a correlation. Um, and that's why I said, you know, this problem has to be attacked from many angles. Um, and I'm, I'm, I don't have the statistics to back it up, but I can almost guarantee you that where a child grows up in a family that is, what we consider stable, and there is the presence of both parents, and um, it's a stable family environment, then financially those folks probably wind up doing better than those where this family, um, that dynamic is not so stable. 
And so I'm 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 almost certain that's probably the case. You know, so I think there's a definite a definite uh correlation to to those so, two to those two aspects. Upon this one point trillion one point one trillion dollars that blacks are going to have in consumer spending and presently there's approximately about maybe five percent is triggered back in the black community and we did indicate at the do you see a projection of how that might be increased from five percent to based on today's trends mm-hmm. what can we expect or what can take place to increase that from five percent to a higher percentage, or do you see anything, any movement that can make that happen? Most, most definitely. One of the things I think that should happen within our community is that those who have well, let done me back well, up again. You say should, but do you see some activity that actually can make that happen presently? You mean, is there? Do I see anyone who's actually doing it right now? Correct. They can change. They can increase uh, with the goal to increase that percentage. Most definitely. I think there's a pretty pretty solid plan. But let's say, for example, in Chicago, there are a number of um, black businesses that are identified as as maybe being have been done well and are successful. Now, traditionally, we you know we haven't been well favored within the banking community because of maybe a number of different factors. But there are a number of businesses that can be started within our own community. I mean, we walk, we go through our own community, and everything doesn't have to be a barbershop, a liquor store, a hair salon, beauty supply, and uh, and, and, and check cash in place. But that that can be seen ten times over. Now, what if we took a microloan, did microloans? It doesn't have to be, you know, $100,000 to open up, you know, a, a brand-new store. But what if we began... Uh, a whole campaign. Well, you know, let me let me touch you a little bit. What I hear you saying is should and if and could. Do you see anything presently that is in operation that can make that should, could, and if practical that is in motion to happen? Yes. I'm part of something right now. That is, it hasn't been fully revealed yet, but we are in actually talks with the administration in our in our own area right now. Me and another gentleman, and we've identified five businesses that said we either want to start up or we would like to grow and expand, and they cannot because of limited resources. And what we came to the administration and said was, listen. When you say administration, who are you speaking of? I'm speaking of a, per- a particular department in my city. Uh, governmental okay. uh, department okay. in, my, in, my, right. in my region, in my county. Mm-hmm. All right. And me and this gentleman have approached this gentleman, and I don't want to give too much details because it's not, it's not really no been revealed yet. So okay. w- what we did was we said, listen, if, if the businesses in our community don't do well, it's not just our problem. It's everybody's problem. And it would be worth it if 20 small businesses did well and they hired three more people because that's 60 more people that are working, that are paying taxes, that are spending money, hopefully within their own community as well. So what we have to do is identify that the problem that we're seeing in our community is not just our problem. And so 
what we're doing is we're actually saying, listen, can we can we have uh, uh, access to ca- not just maybe cash, but there are a number of vacant buildings, commercial buildings in this city. What if the city partnered and said, listen, we will ha- let you use this location for your business because if one of the things that you is eating your profit up is rent, then why don't we provide a place for you rent-free for one year? And we may not be giving you uh, $20,000 in cash, but we're, we're taking maybe $1,500 that you would sp- spend in rent, and now you don't have to pay for rent. You can use that now to maybe hire someone part-time or put that back into your business. And so um, now there's activity in that building that was now once vacant. And if you're willing to maybe put in a little sweat equity and we can partner with maybe now uh, Home Depot who may be able to con- uh, c- contribute some supplies, and it's not just a uh, hand down or hand, hand out, it's a hand up and saying we're not just giving you, we're investing in you, and, and we know that we'll partner with you for many years down the line if you succeed. Now, that includes coming up with a good, solid business plan and showing us why your business is viable. And if you can well, do that – then we'll provide the resources for you to succeed. Well, you, what you are embarking on is a meeting that we're going to be having uh, this uh, Saturday at really? 2.30 with that same initiative. I'm not for sure. Are you familiar with Black Wall Street? Um, I just became aware of it um, within the past month. Well, Black Wall Street has that Pacific agenda with 16 districts or 16 business strips in Chicago, in the black community, to do exactly what you just laid out. It is a point of um, the government, uh, the city, that do have vacant properties, vacant commercial strips, uh, but we are also looking at the politics and the city planning for the year 2040 regarding land use, where in Chicago we do have commercial strips that has been rezoned residential in order for political maneuvering of the land. So with that um, uh, example that you have laid out, this exact example, which we're going to be meeting this Saturday on doing exactly that. So uh, I guess that we all are kind of thinking, not all, because uh, we're definitely having a hard time, but maybe what we need to do is to collaborate on how that can be done. Uh, So, yeah, I commend you in in moving in that same direction. So uh, you can say it's not been revealed per se, but it's definitely on uh, our heads here in Chicago to do exactly as you laid it out. Uh, And uh, when do you plan on revealing? Uh, Well, we're still in, in conversations, and we've identified the five businesses that we've brought brought in, uh, to the table, and uh, we've had an initial conversation, and now we're getting ready to have a subsequent uh, conversation in another about two to, two to three weeks. So, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that's now you being a now that is hands on uh, role in in addressing black businesses to try to capture some of that one point one million dollars trillion dollars. Um, Now, you as an accountant, 
how do you um, be a part of that process? Are you brick and mortar, or are you soft uh, technical assistance and financial management? Oh, you mean? Well, I'm. I'm I have. A, I have a brick and mortar location. I have a physical office in a building I own that I um, operate my business out of, as well. So mm-hmm. um, I hope that is that is that what you're asking me? If I haven't. Well, actual... with those particular five uh, businesses, in what manner do you come oh, in? See. Are you basically the organizer of those, I... or are you providing the technical business uh, assistance that those businesses need? I'm just helping to facilitate and um, helping them with any financial needs that they may have. So I'm, I'm in essence, co- uh, contributing my time in, in the sense of, um, you know, helping them to come up with good, solid financials um, and help them project, do uh, financial uh, forecasting, and helping them with the financial portion of their business plan to make sure mm-hmm. that they've really fully th- thought through every aspect of their business. Okay. Now, do you your uh, the services that you provide in your accounting services? Are you providing this? Or is your clientele more uh, business or individuals? More bu- my business. Uh, individuals are t- just tax time from January to April, and I do individual taxes. But um, the the crux of what I do is I I advise and do financial work for for small businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and doing that, um, just getting into your business per se, uh, do what uh, nationality is most of your clients? It's actually a pretty good mix. Um, I would say about mm, I'd say about thirty percent of them are black, African American. Mm-hmm. Um, about another thirty percent of them are Asian, either uh, mostly Indian. And the and the and another maybe thirty percent um, uh, white, and then maybe the remaining ten percent um, Latino. Mm-hmm. So we're uh, getting back to the one point one trillion dollars. Uh, are you familiar with this Nielsen's Nielsen's report? Um, yeah, I've, I've I've heard of that report lately. I have. Mm-hmm. Okay, then again, if we're looking at twenty fifteen where this consumer market will reach that, uh, do you see any other examples to increase that percentage of returning those dollars back? Because, again, your example of those five businesses that will be able to hire two to three people upon getting started, that is definitely a way. Do you see any other activities, even outside of what you're doing, that can help uh, increase that uh, percentage? Sure. Well, there's two ways to keep, because I tell people all the time, it's not what you make, it's what you keep. And so that that spending money could go higher, it could go lower. What's important is what are we keeping to us, you know, what are we keeping after we spend? And so there's two ways you're going to have more. You either spend less outside or you keep more or you make more. And so two things have to happen at the same time or concurrently or simultaneously. Is one, we have to increase the consciousness of people spending within our own community. Um, that's number one. And then the second thing is that we have to actually learn how to actually keep the money we make. And so credit, the, the financial literacy and financial education 
is extremely important. I can make a million dollars, but it doesn't mean anything if I spend a million in one because now I'm I'm broke, I'm in debt. What we have to learn is how do we spend money? How do we approach money in a healthy way? So that has to happen at the same time as increasing our, our likelihood that we actually make more. So we can make more money, yes, but we also have to know how to keep it and, and plug up the hole where the money is leaking out of so fast. Okay. And a lot of that, that money is leaking because of ignorance and because we just weren't shown how to do it. Mm-hmm. Is there a gap that do you believe that the the saying that closing that gap of net worth, uh, do you see the practicality of closing or getting closer to the the net worth of the the white counterpart? Uh, I think I think that may maybe that might be the wrong goal. Maybe it's not to try to you know have as much as our white counterparts. It's just to to increase it more. We should set a goal when, within families, with, uh, individually, within our families, within our community, and then and then on a broad on a broader um, on a broader level. That I just I don't want to be I don't have to look at what you're doing. I just know I want to be better than where I am today. And if we do that. Uh, there's a Bible verse that says, if we compare ourselves by ourselves, we're not wise. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't have to say, well, I want to I have more money than him by next year. I just want to have more money. I want to be in a better place personally next year. I want to increase my net worth by 10%. Okay, how do I do that? And can I lay out some very real goals to make that happen? And I think we need to do that on a personal level, on a family level, and as a community. And I think we can do it if we, we, we're intentional about it. We can't, like you said, you, you, you challenged me a little earlier, and you said, you know, I'm hearing a lot of the wood or could, or all this theory. I, I don't want to hear all the theory. Tell me who's doing it right now, and then let's get behind that and let's do it. And if you have a method that we can use, that we can replicate, that we can follow, then, my goodness, for goodness sake, let's, then let's do it. Let's do it right now. Mm-hmm. You know, so, well, are those five businesses, are they kind of, are they based in uh, uh, Ben uh uh, in South Bend. South Bend. South Bend. Yeah, yeah. are they are they based in South Bend? They are. They all they all are. Yes. Okay. Are they in the same geographical area, or they're spread it out? Um, well, South Bend is not a huge city, so but they're all here in in the South Bend area. Um, it's not really well spread out. They're probably all in the same somewhat geographic area. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the population of um, South Bend. Wow, South Bend has actually gone down in population. Um, I don't know the city proper, but I know. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I think the city is somewhere around the area of one hundred and ten thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know the the graphics, the demographics, as far as how many black businesses and what's the black population? I don't know the number of businesses, uh, but there's a gentleman here by the name of. Um, Glenn Williams, who actually would be a great, a great host, uh, excuse me, a great uh, guest for your show. He he recently started the Michiana, which this area is, is called Michiana because we're on the northern part of Indiana, southern part of Michigan. He uh, formed um, the Michiana African American Chamber of Commerce, and what he found out, and which blew everyone's mind, he he actually started doing a count of the number of businesses in this area, and he's already up to 450. And not just South Bend, but in neighboring cities in this area, that is deemed Michiana. 
And I was blown away. And I said, there are, there's that many businesses? He said, yeah, and, and counting. He said, I still haven't identified them all. Between contractors and, and plumbers and accountants and barbershops and beauticians. And he, uh, are you speaking of African-American businesses or businesses in, in general? No, African-American businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they meet every uh, the uh, African-American chamber uh, meets every single month here in, in South Bend. I can't recall offhand, but I'm believing that Chicago, uh, I do have the number based on um, census information, but I believe Chicago has somewhere listed of maybe about 2,000 black businesses. Hmm. Okay. Uh, if it's 2,000 or if it's 1,800, I, I do have the the uh, 2,000 uh, count. Um, I believe I have the 2,005 count as well. Um, so are you looking at the – I'm pretty sure that the businesses that you're looking at are going for any market based on the type of uh, businesses that they provide. But sure. is there a target toward the black consumers? Um, I think they're looking to any consumer, uh, you know. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're going to turn anybody away or um, not to turn anyone mm-hmm. away, but I think that their target is – for most of their businesses, it's the general population, um, except for one who's a restaurant. Um, and But her business is going to be primarily in the black community. But it's not soul food, and it's not um, – it's a whole different uh, type of, of menu. So, but she yeah, is well, I always her. wonder why, um, you know, based on the, um, you know, the, the, the Red Lobsters of Chicago and the uh, Denny's um, – uh, I wonder why black restaurants just don't even just duplicate McDonald's. I don't. <laughs> I can't get it. Uh, but I think I am going to try to find out that you, if you can duplicate the businesses that blacks are spending their money, then why not? Does that make sense? Or what? Uh, well, sure. I mean, follow follow what's working. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, what we would like to do is uh, I, I definitely like what you're doing there. And as uh, the chairman of the uh, Black Wall Street Districts of Chicago, one thing that we have looked at was even Gary, Indiana, uh, mm-hmm. as being a Black Wall Street district. Uh, we're looking at, the, at it in a point that if uh, blacks don't do it, somebody's going to do it, uh, regardless of how... Broadway looked like a ghost town with trees growing in a lot of the buildings. Uh, it's a matter of we doing it or somebody else doing it. And I would like to definitely look at us um, networking together uh, and using each other's uh, examples of how it can work because we're definitely what you're doing with those five businesses is what we want to try to duplicate throughout uh, the 16 districts, Black Wall Street districts in Chicago. Uh, but there is, uh, let me ask you, is there in South Bend, is there a something like a 2040 plan for uh, South Bend based on the business trend that's being projected?
projected for 2040? Not to my knowledge, no, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, then, uh, as we get ready to close out, uh, how would you like to sum this up for us? Oh, uh, how would I like to sum up our, our conversation? You mean so far? Or? Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I just think uh, I think this is a great conversation to have. I think we we uh, definitely need to be intentional about how we're going to go about solving the problems we have in our community. And you know, I think you know I, I brought up that example earlier about about you know how do you how do you eat an elephant? And it's one bite at a time. You know, we didn't get into this thing overnight. We're not going to get out of it overnight. It's going to be an, an intentional. Um, deliberate plan that uh, we have to do first take personal responsibility and then do it on a group basis. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, there's definitely power in numbers. I'll say this really quick is that, you know, I've lived, um, like I said, I'm originally from New York City. I've lived in in neighborhoods that had, you know, people from the West Indies and Puerto Rico and and Africa and uh, uh, Russians and Middle Easterners. And I see how people do business. And the one thing that is common in their success is the fact that they work together. Uh, ten people will say, hey, we'll, we'll get, all get a house. We'll build this business together. We'll break off. It'll be two businesses. It'll be ten. And in, in five years, each one of them will be running their own, and they'll bring another group of people on the up. And we have to do the same thing. Um, there's well, so that many- is the That's the third agenda that we're going to be discussing uh, this Saturday is exactly which, you know, we need to hook up or maybe you need to come to this meeting uh, 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 Saturday. You know, we need to come to South Bend because we definitely are on the same agenda, uh, getting away from the if, should, or what we need to do, but Mm -hmm. actually what you're doing and what we're doing and what you're stressing that we need to do is exactly the examples of of demonstrating it and, and moving forward to it. Uh, what you think, Sonia? I think it's great. It all works if we work it. It all works if we work it. Want to thank you uh, again, Michelle. Black Money Matters dot com for being with us this evening. Certainly enjoyed the dialogue, and I enjoyed learning. Uh, I always learn from these experiences. And we'll I have been over to your website, and we'll be back again. I want to thank you so much. I want to invite you to come over and join Chicago's Black Business Network dot com when you have a few minutes. Know your plate is full. Also, thank you, Gil, for being with us. All right, and thank you so much for having me. Well, we're definitely going to hook up. I'm going to get your number from um, Sonia, and we're going to uh, touch bases because upon us communicating and sharing our agendas, uh, definitely broadening to getting closer to increasing that percentage toward that $1.1 trillion. Very good. Okay, thanks again. Have a good evening. Thank you so much. You too. Well, unbelievable, Chairman. It's five minutes down. I have nothing to say. No, yes, I absolutely <laughs> do. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I have I have little faith in you, but go ahead. Yeah, well, um, the, the two uh, guests that we have, both of them definitely set out a tone uh, of what we need to do, opposed to the general philosophies of what we should do. I, I definitely appreciate that. Uh, we will be reaching out to them. Uh, I think that uh, your idea for the uh, the, the book showcase uh, 
Yes, I'm gonna have to put that together. I still got it in the uh in the in the background ready to pull it up. So uh that book we need to do. Uh we need to uh reach out to our South Bend and um uh we are gonna be meeting this here Saturday on the agendas that we definitely was uh discussed uh today. So uh I still would like to get a hint on who you're going to come as on March 23rd at the Hollywood in uh, right off the Black Wall Street district of 43rd Street. If I had a hint, Ron, I still wouldn't tell you. But <laughs> listen to Black Wall Street USA. That's Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street District in Chicago. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. Yes, we are once again meeting on the Black Wall Street District. How do I get into these things? Uh, Hollywood, Chicago. Because your brain just runs. That's why. It sure does. My brain needs a rest, chairman. Friday, March 23rd. 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the Prince Hall Masonic Temple. Uh, we're meeting uh, the cast and the production team of the Proud and Privileged, the soap operas, the soap opera. Come on, meet the folks from Jackson Heights. Jackson Heights is a fictitious city in the southern suburbs of Chicago. What you doing over there, Ron? In the southern suburbs of <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> and, uh, they're the attorneys, the district attorneys, the lawyers, the doctors, the bougie little children they get, spoiled brats. Uh, it's all about soap operas, adulteries, and the whole, the whole, whole thing. It's the first African-American anytime uh, drama, and we want you to come out and meet the cast. Visit www.pnpinfo, oh, goodness, let me get this right, info for more information, or call me at 312-239-885. Sponsored by Chicago's Black Business Network, South Street Journal, and WJPCFM Chicago. We got a paper coming out next week, editor? We got a paper coming out. Finally, we're getting closer to making that happen. It's been a while, but we've definitely been talking to some of these uh, uh, candidates. And matter of fact, or even... Reggio's Pizza is going to be in the next issue. Uh, Black Star going to be in the next issue. Um, uh, uh, Judge Reeves is going to be in the next issue. So they're lining up, coming on in. And uh, matter of fact, there's going to be a grocery store coming. No, I'm sorry, not a grocery store, but a furniture store. So, yes, they're lining up. They're getting hot. It's the changing of the weather. Uh, so people was ready to come on out with South Street Journal. Great. You got two seconds. Two seconds. Give them your telephone One, two. number, Chairman. Uh, well, give us a call here at 773-668-5318, and we're also going to be coming up with our website. Believe it or not, Sonia, I'm working on it. Wonderful, Chairman. Wonderful. Have a great evening, and thank you for listening to Black Wall Street USA. Good night, everyone. Good night, all.